Greetings. Welcome to the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast that wants you to build a better legacy by applying design principles. The principles that we'll be talking about in this episode will be about visual hierarchy. I'm your host, Ron Fong. In, pre- in previous episodes, we talked about what a legacy is. A legacy is a body of work that conveys a message. The same thing with a designer. In terms of the visual medium, think of printed ads or think of a well-designed web page. The artist wants to convey a specific message. In this case, they actually want you to probably buy a good or a service. One of the things is to, at the beginning of this, is to understand how we process visual uh, information. Our eyes are drawn to certain things, and you may have heard like the Z pattern. They usually will go from left to right, and they will tend to go diagonally down to the lowest line. That's just the way our uh, mind processes visual information. The designer knows that and takes advantage of that by putting the elements there that will be in alignment with basically how your mind works. So let's think about this in terms of the workplace. In the workplace, I think we've all sat through our share of presentations with slides. And there may be times when there was a really good presentation with well thought out, uh, great graphic designs. But I think for most of us, we've gone through slides in which we're not quite sure of what the person was trying to convey. And there was just either too much, too much, uh, too many colors, too many, too much text there, but not enough clarity. One of the elements is the use of font size. And obviously, the larger the font, the bigger it's going to draw your eye. There's something about that where you want to say, this is the most important part of this slide, or this is the most important part of the page. You'll tend to use a larger font. Same thing with colors. Uh, The blue colors tends to donate a sense of calmness, of coolness, whereas the reds tends to indicate volatility. So how you use colors in terms of contrast will say certain things. Another thing is if you're trying to group items together and you're trying to show, again, the contrast or um, similarities. So one of the things is you're drawing the size of, let's say, data and the size of the circles. You want to make sure that it's something that is divergent. You want to keep them fairly uh, spaced apart. But if it's something that's similar, you want to bring them together because that gives a visual cue to the audience that these items are something that, again, maybe 180 degrees apart, or these things are very close, and you want them to be considered in the same thought process. The other thing that's probably underutilized for uh, visual hierarchy, specifically for slides, is the incorporation of white space or negative space. And that's where it's basically just gonna be blank. There's gonna be some space there between perhaps the text, between even uh, graphics. And the idea is that it lets the audience pace their minds and you're not going to overwhelm it. And sometimes when you isolate something, when you want something that's really to be something that you want to stress, you want to isolate it and give it its own space, give it its own slide, because it's that important. You don't want anything else competing uh, against it. And there's nothing there that will really help even enhance it, it's fine the way it is. And that's the use of white space. So give your audience the time to breathe. 
we tend to run through a slide so quickly that we're not quite sure what we actually saw or heard and it becomes just a blur. And that's the last thing you want from your presentations. And, you know, again, the good design or people that use uh, hierarchy well, you really don't have to think about it because they understand how your mind processes things. They work with that. So there's a flow, there's a harmony. And to me, visual hierarchy that's executed well is basically comfort food for the eye. Now, let's go ahead and pivot from visual hierarchy in terms of the office to visual hierarchy in terms of uh, the home. Now, how can we do this? One of the things is, again, understanding your audience first and foremost. At home, do you understand your loved ones? Do you understand your spouse? Do you understand your children? Uh, whatever the situation is. Do you understand how they process information first of all? Then second of all, are you able to prioritize your priorities in essence for the hierarchy? You're saying this is what's important to me and you're going to emphasize it so there's clarity around what is important so there's no ambiguity, there's no confusion or the person will say, I didn't know that was important to you. Now, we don't have to yell at the top of our lungs to get this across. We don't have to use a 72 font that's screaming red. Because in this case, I do believe that actions speak louder than words and that your actions will have sort of a font of their own. A couple of examples. Let's say you know individuals or you yourself are this individual. You've been uh, sacrificing. You've gone through a lot of steps in terms of getting a dream job, uh, perhaps a high-paying, glamorous uh, career. Then all of a sudden, there's some changes. Changes because of you may have now gotten married, now that there are children involved. And you or someone you know says, at this point, here's where I'm going to make a statement about my hierarchy. Uh, my work is important, but it's not as important as my children, especially the fact is that I'll have them in the house for maybe 20 years that they're going to grow so fast and that I really want to invest in the future for my family. I want my children to, I want to know my children. I might want my children to know me and I'm not quite sure I could do that. So what it is, is that people will be willing to uh, maybe take different jobs because they could spend more time with the children. They may uh, postpone their careers or they may just, you know, uh, call it quits altogether. That tells us something about the person's priorities. How many parents do you know who juggle their work schedules so that they could be at their child's Little League game? They could be at the child's recitals. They could just be there for their ch uh, children because it was that important. And you're, in those actions, you're seeing a hierarchy of what is important and what's the message they're trying to convey. My family's really important at this time in my life. And I'm going to have to make certain adjustments and sacrifices for them. And this is not just when you're uh, in your early age, I'm sorry, relatively young. You could have the situation where you're middle age or even a senior, and then which you have an elderly parent. And the same uh, dynamics comes into play. You're going to have to make sacrifices because you somehow are now the one designated to care for your parents, or you want to do that because of what they, you know, what they meant to you. And again, you're going to make certain arrangements. You're going to uh, prioritize things. And that's going to send a message very loud, very clearly of what your priorities are. 
The common theme between the workplace and the home in terms of visual hierarchy or just hierarchy in general is that you have respect for the audience. You want to be able to communicate in a concise, clear fashion. And you're doing this for the greater good. Go back to the uh, work situation. Why are you presenting? Why are you using slides? It's not there to show that you're the boss or that you are the smartest person in the office. Hopefully it's there because the company needs a clarity, needs greater enhanced clarity in terms of which direction to take so that they can serve the customer better. That's your job, and your job is to recruit people to that end. But if they're struggling, if they're not quite sure what you're saying, if you're making them work so hard, then you have not fulfilled the purpose. Now, in a similar situation at home, for the greater good, uh, and, and people sacrifice, I think, all the time for their families, and we have, I think, all been uh, beneficiaries of other people's sac sacrifices. What's the best for the family right now? Obviously, only you can make that determination for your family. And this is not meant to an indictment for people who, you know, continue to work for economic uh, means. Maybe they're the only person, uh, they're a single parent or whatnot. But at the same time is that we all um, display our priorities, and that's where our hierarchy comes in. And it behooves us to think about our lives in terms of what's our priorities and to have a consistency in that priority that way, people won't be surprised when we do certain things. And there are times actually when, you know, we are surprised. And that's uh, perhaps, there's where the contrast comes in. You may be a relatively quiet person in most things, but when something reaches a certain threshold, something crosses a line, you are no longer that mild person. You won't stand for certain things. You won't stand for perhaps bullying, uh, in, whether it's at the workplace or at home. Then all of a sudden, your font goes from a 12 to a 24 to a 60. It goes from a sort of uh, very placid, calm uh, sky blue to a deep crimson red. And that's who you are. And that's where your legacy comes out, is that most of the time, you know, you're not going to really, it's, it's, to you, it's, it's just not worth the time or effort, or those are relatively minor things. But things that are important to you, you're going to make a clear statement. You're going to draw a line in the sand. And you're going to make sure that your message is conveyed to people. That either you are for something or you're against something. And that's going to be pillars to your legacy. Again, your legacy is going to consist of every thought, word, and deed. And how you prioritize those, how you present them in terms, again, think of it in terms of a visual representation. What font will I use? What color will I use? How will I position this? And going back to white space, is that there are certain times when an instance, a value, a situation, it's standalone. It doesn't need anything. And in the workplace, when you have that point on your slide, you should probably have that as the only item on your slide. 
because anything else will distract from it. That's how important it is and that you have done your job and have distilled it to its essence. You know, just you, you've done your job and that way the audience knows they don't have to apply any extra effort in terms of understanding you. So I think again is that when you're designing your legacy is how we can incorporate the principles of design and to understand that we are, again are trying to convey messages. And the clearer the message, the better your work. So thank you for joining me for this episode of the Legacy uh, Drawing Board. I'm still in the process of working out the technical kinks to get uh, guests on. I'm very close to that. So I look forward to uh, future episodes in which I have guests. And I'm going to start off with a series of entrepreneurs because I think they have a very fascinating narrative and I, you know, how entrepreneurship fits into their legacy. Uh, I, I think it's a compelling story. Please send me your comments, critiques, whatnot to my uh, email. The address is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. And again, I thank you for your time in terms of listening. And please give your legacy the time and care it needs, because when you do, we all benefit from it. <music> <laughs>